Do you love human design, but sometimes feel off-put by the gatekeeping and culty vibes? We did too. Here at Human Design Hot Topics, we encourage breaking the human design rules and experimenting for yourself. Take what resonates and leave the rest. We will be sharing the controversial pieces of human design, as well as challenging our guests to spill their guts. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're new, go listen to the other ones after this, because they're good. (laughs) Just go binge. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, This is Hot Topics. We talk about human design in a way that is fun and interesting for us. And we don't really think about any sort of rules or regulations about what we have to say or what we think. Yeah, we just like to explore things. We're both powered by the channel of curiosity. So we just, we get curious about stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it opens you up to thinking about things in a completely different way. Like right before we came on, Rebecca was talking to me about a particular person that I know's chart and how it comes together and how this energy could be what is making me feel a certain way about that it might not even be the person it might have anything to do with the way that they feel and i've been thinking oh maybe deep down inside they feel this way and i'm seeing it because i'm a projector (laughs) which could be true but it also could be hey your energetics when you come together are very like so maybe that's what you're feeling and that's all it is so yeah Things like that happen and my mind gets blown and I'm like, oh, maybe I don't hate this person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate, I don't hate, I don't hate anyone really, but sometimes it just feels weird when you're around them. Yeah, sometimes, and I know everyone has this, like energetically, you feel a certain way around a person and you're like, I don't know why. They seem perfectly yeah. fine. Like, I don't know why. I like, I wish I could get my hands on my ex-father-in-law's chart because I never felt good around that dude. And I wonder if there's something in there or if he really is just simply a narcissistic sociopath and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my dogs is coming in here. Hi, Satan. Um, Okay. So if you haven't listened to previous podcasts, like we said, you should, and there's a great, great one with Vanessa Henry Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. just recently put out Um, that was like still riding the high (laughs) dream come true for Rebecca and I but the main topic was uh the environment variable we talked about all the other variables a little bit but environment the most and what other one determination a lot too we talked about that one and it was fucking fantastic so you should listen so amazing but it got Rebecca's mind turning, that first line turning and twisting and saying, hey, what about transference? Do you know what transference is? I kind of do. We both know enough to have opinions. So <laughs> it's if you've heard of not self in human design, it is a similar concept where you have this thing like your environment where if you put yourself in places that are cozy, if you're caves, or maybe um, if you're mountains, it's where you've got a bird's eye view of everything, or it's open and you're just like up top and looking at things, you know, things like that. You'll have more opportunities 
for you, more invitations if you're a projector. It kind of just turns on all of the things in your aura that say, hey, we're going to give you the stuff you need to do things. Invitations, uh, what's the other one? Opportunities, you know, all those things I said. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's an opposite to that. And transference is not bad. And if you are in it, it's not like you're doing a bad job or you're doing your human design experiment wrong or you're a bad person or whatever. We're all going to be in transference. We're all going to be in not self. It is just how life goes. And it's just a merely a signpost to say, hey, what's going on right now? What's happening? Are you happy about it? <laughs> what What is your... As I learned a lot from that Vanessa podcast, one of the things I learned was how am I feeling in my body? When she started talking about feeling safe, I literally had no idea what she was talking about. Oh, I was wow. like, what do you mean safe? Like, I don't get like safe in my body. What is that? I feel safe. No one's trying to kill me. I'm yeah. fairly healthy. I have food, drinks, like shelter. What else do I need? I'm fucking safe. But it's been like, messing with me since we did it because now I'm like do I know what safe feels like do you know I know what it's like when I'm feeling safe like in my body what does that feel like I don't know interesting so I'm I'm just kind of like been exploring that been been exploring safety and what that means to me because I never really thought about it I've always thought I felt mm. safe everything's good can't tell if my dog's making weird noise that's why I keep digging this out <laughs> um uh so why don't you tell us what transference is to you for like a second and I'm gonna go check on this dog because he's making a really weird noise we'll be right back so with transference and um, like Janelle said we have we all have an environment uh, we, it, this is coming from the variables, the color numbers that are below the arrows on the chart. Okay, so we have the variables, which outline the substructure. So when you have your environment, like mine is valleys, there's such a thing as transference where you're in the opposite way, which mine is markets for transference. So it's basically the opposite number like if you have a one color then the transference will be four two goes to five three goes to six and vice versa and so this just okay. shows you like when you're in your correct environment like janelle was saying we have this kind of calming that happens we our nervous system can calm down we can and it sets us up to view things from the correct viewpoint and so if we're in the transferred environment then we're essentially in the wrong place but i've been playing with the idea that sometimes it's beneficial to go to the transferred environment mm -hmm. because it helps to give you a different perspective. It helps to um, just kind of shake things up just enough where you can see where you went. Like I know for me specifically, I get stuck in my head a lot because that's just part of my mechanics. And so I'll go to a thrift store. Like I love to go to a thrift store and just look at random stuff. And that's markets. That's like the opposite. My mm -hmm. environment is valleys, but every day, like I also make sure that I put my feet to the ground and I have some valleys time too. But when I go to a thrift store, it just kind of helps me get out of my head, get like move things in a different way. And then 
uh, in like in a different way than I than it does when I'm in a valleys environment. So it's just something I've been curious about. Like that's interesting to think about how it's not not only not a bad thing, but sometimes you have to put yourself there mm-hmm. to move things around. And so you, what did you say mine was? I know I'm caves. Yeah, your caves. So um, it, your transferred one would be mountains. And it started hitting me. We were talking just before about your heights thing. I was like, maybe that's part of it because it's your transferred environment. <laughs> right. And it's so funny because I live in the mountains, essentially. And whenever I do outdoorsy things, they're usually mountains involved. I live in Colorado, so they're right there. And I love being in the mountains. I love hiking in the mountains. I'm not a big winter mountains person. Like I don't do mountainy sports or that kind of thing. No, no, I'm never, that's too, I'll hurt myself. I'm not going to do none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like the snow and the mountains, but it's not like, I don't do a lot of winter adventure things. It's a lot, much harder. I was explaining this to you. It's much harder. You have to have a lot more equipment. Um, It can be dangerous. Like you just have to Oh yeah. No, I have zero interest in winter mountain sports. No, I like casual. <laughs> the casual hiking thing is good yeah. for me. And mountains feel very like the main reason I, I feel like I like to go outside is it literally feels like I peeled off the top of my head and like I can breathe. Like I have space in yes. here. And yes. when I'm in the mountains, it's like the ultimate there's space. Um but I know that just because it's my transference, it's not like a wall. You're never allowed to go to the mountains because that's your transference and literal mountains. But it's more of caves is safe and cozy and mountains is exposed and like really not, I guess not, I wouldn't say not cozy, but like airy, right? Yeah, airy. I mean, and it's literally like separating yourself from the group because you're getting that perspective. Mm-hmm. You're like, getting that bird's eye view of Which something is a very mental projector feeling of me anyway mm-hmm. is to be like that so that's where it's like well maybe your need to get perspective or to separate yourself from and look around isn't because of the transference of mountains but it's because I'm a mental projector and that's how we see you know yeah I mean that could be part of it too um very interesting but I just wonder like a uh, like as we're processing this it feels a lot like when you go to the transferred place, it helps to get that different perspective. It helps to kind of get you out of yourself somehow. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like that's the place to go to like tap into the creativity or to just shake things up enough. And then you go back to your correct environment and that's mm-hmm. where you can um, operate your business from, or that's where you're going to really meet the correct people. So it's almost like, maybe going to the transferred is just a way to reconnect within and then going to your correct environment is a way to connect to the right network I don't know mm. just a thought that's like getting out of your comfort zone but in a way that meshes with your design yeah <laughs> that's so funny I never that's weird because a lot of times this stuff is presented in a different way it's like transference is bad and not self is bad um you don't want to be in these things you want to get out and but we literally can't <laughs> that's what like, I'm saying yeah yeah that's that's life we're here to be conditioned by life that's how yeah. we learn that's how we grow so it reminds me of how I used to think of emotions as to be avoided mm. at all costs it's like 
you're telling me to avoid these parts of my life that cannot be avoided. So sorry, like, (laughs) and, and it's, and it's very much conditioned in people to do that when things become uncomfortable or difficult, we avoid, try to avoid it and look for like the easier way to get things done, which in human design is an interesting thought because a lot of times it's presented as if you live aligned with your design, it'll be more ease filled. Everything is easier and happier and will be hard. Well, that's not true. (laughs) In fact, when you're really working with it and you're in your environment, there's going to be times when it feels harder than it does easier for more time than you feel comfortable with. And that can make you feel like you're doing it wrong. Because if you're aligned to your design, everything should be easy. And And that's one of my pet peeves, like the gurus who are like, just use your wealth codes and you'll quantum leap into six figures. If you use your strategy and authority, every day will be easy. Just use that all the time and everything will happen to you quickly and easily and just flow naturally like it has always been meant to for your whole life (laughs) yeah never mind that you've been living deeply from the not self this entire time and so the strategy and authority is a little confusing by things that are even outside of human design like there's so many things at play to make these simple broad grand statements of it's the same as all of the other things that are like, do this and your life will be changed. It's the yeah. same. It's just human design language. I mean, I, I can't fathom living a different way now. Uh, it's helped me in so many ways that, that I'm so grateful for. But I also wasn't prepared for like the shattering for the... Oh. <laughs> the complete like, okay... I like having to face the fact like I could either just let go of this and just choose to continue inside of my not self because I was doing a lot of things mm-hmm. or I could follow my strategy and authority and actually listen to my energy and go over here like both seem scary I'm like if I do this I'm going to burn myself out I'm going to not meet the right people I'm going to continue to make wrong choices I just mm-hmm. know it because that's what I've been doing but if I go over here I'm going to have to give up all this stuff I thought I wanted and yeah change my entire life but now that I'm kind of in the flow of it I like I I, this is just how it is now yeah it's the same I got into it thinking it was going to give me some answers or like step by step me I was like strategy and authority that has to have like steps and be clear like those words are so like logical That was the other thing about this system is they would sneak in logical terms with like right angle cross of the sleeping Phoenix and fucking all the other crazy things. They would sneak in things that sounded logical to me. And I was like, strategy and authority. That's definitely going to give me a list of things to do. Um, Gates, channels. Okay, cool. What do those mean? That's got to fit somewhere logically up here. And then it so did not. I was pretty not (laughs) happy with that. Congratulations. You're a mental projector. Nobody knows what that means. Go figure it out. (laughs) Oh yeah. It just was, I got into it thinking I was going to get something completely different and that it was also just going to be like this little thing 
that I looked at every once in a while, like my horoscope. Oh, look, I'm a projector. Let's read this fun thing. And then yeah, um, move on throughout my day. I didn't think it was going to grab me like it did. And I did not care for that either because it just pissed me off. <laughs> um, but I, I'm the same. Like, I can't imagine my life without some of these tools that I put in place because of human design and knowing more about myself and the other. Mm-hmm. And the other is a big piece of it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's helped me. That's, that's why I say that it helped me heal from my divorce in a way that therapy couldn't, because as soon as I looked at my kid's dad's chart, I was like, now I understand why I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he has the most defined spleen I've ever seen. Like, no wonder I didn't think I could survive without him. Like, that's literally what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he does that to a lot of people. And the thing is, just as we were talking about before, this isn't something bad about her ex. Like, it just, their connect, their mechanics, when they came together, this is what happened. And it's, his mechanics, her mechanics, his conditioning, her conditioning, where they were in life at the time. So yeah. many factors play in to why we do the things that we do. Yeah. Human and design it's so fascinating. <laughs> is just kind of here to show you that this might be why you tell me you do some of the things that you do and why you're affected in this way by this person or this person or this group of people or this place. Like Mm-hmm. it's it, it can help but again it you shouldn't discount the other stuff that's in play because there's a lot of other stuff that there's is in so play. much stuff yeah yeah and but it none of it is bad like conditioning is not bad transference not self not bad things they just are what they are it's just mechanics whenever I can tell that to myself it really gives me a high a I was about to say higher perspective, but just to, you know, like a different perspective. Yeah, It helps me to step away, I guess is what I'm saying, where I'm not like in the middle making it mean something about how awful I am. It's yeah. like, oh no, look at this mechanics. This is really interesting. You don't personalize it. You yeah. are able to keep it at a level of observation, which is a really big thing in life for everybody. Because mm-hmm. everybody takes things too personally. that's what we do yeah Yeah. that's what we do (laughs) but to be able like you said to kind of step back and observe that's a big part of uh my guidance for life sessions is like can you step back from this thing and look at it from a Mm -hmm. a different perspective um because it's hard because we're living it and we're in it and the step back means we have to take time and that, that can be hard for people to do even though almost yeah. every single person's design is meant to take some sort of time. <laughs> right. We're all waiting on something. For the most Everybody. part. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, well, even the manifester, because they got to wait for the creative urge to kick in. They got to wait for their. Yeah. Even vision. a splenic manifester has to wait for the. Yeah. It might happen faster than others, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I think this transference thing is so interesting um what the years being markets and because it does when you think about the transference it's like oh that is kind of the opposite of that thing like yeah caves mountains although I was talking to somebody today and she, I was saying how much I like the mountains and she goes well you know there are a lot of caves in mountains I was yeah like, oh like she's like where do you think of a cave being 
I was like, I, I guess it could be a lot of places, but yeah, most of the time I'm like mountain, like it's in the mountain. Huh. So that really kind of yeah. was interesting to me. That's an interesting thing too, just to think of it from that perspective. Like you kind of have to go to the mountain to find the cave. And when we think about valleys and markets, like valley, valley is like the middle of the happening. Like that's Mm -hmm. where you go to get the best acoustics. That's where you go to get the best gossip. You know, you, that's why it's like all about intimacy and connection. And you can kind of find that in a market too. Like, yeah, you're finding yeah well the acoustics probably are important in in whatever market environment you're in too I'm assuming if you were in a place that had a that was acoustically jarring to you you'd probably be like I don't know about this place I've started wearing headphones at some stores yeah which I never thought I would do but knowing about like the valley sound is really important but that's what's interesting too because my cognition is taste and the transference of that is is the sound so sometimes like if I'm in a thrift store with my headphones on I'm like double transferred there you want to know the first thought I had when you said I've started using headphones what that doesn't sound safe (laughs) I'm serious like I know people who do it I see people all the time who are listening to music and I'm like you're just cutting off one of your senses in case something happens. Like what if somebody comes in the store and everybody's yelling because he has a gun and you can't hear it? I can't. Mm. Like I tried headphones and I got freaked out. I was like, I can't, I like the song, but I can't hear the other aisle. Like who's behind me? Who's in front of me? Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm not always listening to something though. <laughs> oh, they're just on? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, okay. That feels safe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get it okay well that's what's that's interesting because you have all these one the first colors in your design and so that's a lot of the safety like you have that aspect in oh, it's you. case it's survival I, yeah yeah I do not like there's times I have one of my best friends she's she's always pointing stuff out I'm like what like for some reason that just is not in my mind I'm not the one worried about that about safety like, yeah. ever ever that's so funny as soon as you said sometimes they're off I was like oh so people think she's listening to things and they won't bother her but she can hear that yeah. feels safe to me or it also just kind of dampens the sound because yeah when it's too much then oh, yeah. I, I can't think I know that so it, it's just an interesting thing that I started playing with because with that valleys like having having the sound right here in my headphones helps me like I hear it in a different way than if it's just on a speaker That's and so, so then also kind of controlling the sound around by just having it on when I worked at corporate America and I had my cubicle which I can only imagine being a caves person having to work in a cubicle because there's no way to situate it where you're where you're oh, able to awful. look at the the thing right like your back is always to the entrance like that's I worked terrifying. in a cubicle for 10 months I've for most of my life I've worked as a server in mm-hmm. restaurants but I tried to have an office job for 10 months and I had a cubicle and was it was it like awful? yeah there was a guy next to me then there's someone here and then there's people all along the sides and yeah. my computer was like at an angle in the corner which was oddly helpful because I could go like this and I did this a lot I could sit like this and then I could see out of like mm. our little our little hall into the main hall and I could see the rest of the building if I sat like weird so I'd sit okay. like this yeah. but then my back was to my boss 
and like some other people were back here which was kind of annoying but it was like the best situation that I could have um and I used to whenever I never went out to lunch because I wouldn't spend money on food I brought my food I always mm-hmm. thought it was stupid when people go out. I'd go out maybe once or twice a month with people just because it was fun. But otherwise, when I first started there, I would sit in my cubicle and eat my lunch and nobody was there, like nobody. And I would stand up and I'd wander around like our area and I'd listen to the phones ring and nobody answering them. Mm-hmm. And it was okay for a while, but then I found myself having to be standing up a lot so I could see over all the cubicles. <laughs> Mm. and I was like you know what maybe you should just not be in the building (laughs) and then so I would go have my salads in my car and that was much better much better nice because I was out of this building and I was in my my space my car um and so I didn't feel like I had to be like watching pacing around and like seeing what was going on I could just like relax I thought I would be cool because nobody was there and I was like oh nobody's here like this feels kind of neat but then after a while, I was like, no, <laughs> I don't like this building. I don't want to listen to the phones ring. Like, get me <laughs> out of here. But yeah, cubicle, no, it's, you're right. Cause you basically have your back to all the what's going on. Yeah. Um, I knew people who had mirrors. They would put like mirror, like review mirrors on their computer. So if anybody came up behind that's them. That's true. Them. That would help. Yeah. And at first I was like, that. that's weird. But then I was like, you're like I couldn't want one (laughs) well I would always have my headphones on because I would listen to something because I had the weirdest job like I didn't do much and then my boss left for reasons and I talked about later and so I was just kind of sitting there and the IT guy would like send me uh stuff he downloaded like the entire series of 30 Rock or Parks and Rec and (laughs) So like, cool. Have, I would have that on, but I'd have like my spreadsheet on the screen and I'd have that playing like behind us. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And I would always have headphones on. So people would always come up and like try to talk to me. Like it would oh my surprise God, that would terrify people. me. I and, never like, wore headphones. I would all the time, all the time. So this so I just got used to people coming up. And but then I don't know so this is the thing I'm thinking about. I'm like I'm just like in my zone I'm just like in my little thing and I'm not really concerned about people hurting me no but like, you don't have that like because for me it's in the, it's almost like sometimes it's there too like I like I talked about before how I've been trying to feel like what it feels like to be safe in my body because it does, doesn't really I don't really know what that means because I've always felt like I've had a basic level of safety as an adult anyway mm-hmm. I felt that so I don't know I don't know I don't like thinking about feeling safe versus not safe in my body is really weird and I'm trying is to it? like play I don't know what it means like mm-hmm. like I told you before I'm no one's coming after me I'm in my apartment that I, that is safe for the most part I have food and water and shelter I feel safe like I'm safe yeah. alive. So to think of safety beyond you're not dead, I don't understand that. Was there more safe? Like, do you like, feel more safe than that? <laughs> emotionally safe, maybe? Like, when when we were talking to Vanessa and she kept saying safety, I was like, I don't know if I should say, like, I really don't understand what you mean. Because to me, safety is survival. 
It is, I'm not dead. I have all these things that are going to keep me alive. I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm still here. I'm safe. But apparently there's more levels than just keeping yourself alive. Right? Or maybe you're just thinking about it too much. Maybe that's the safety. Because again, with with the one colors, it's like... Yeah, I mean, sorry. I know I hate it when people say that, but (laughs) it's okay. It's okay. Cause I do think that too. I'm like, am I just dwelling about on it because she said it and now I'm like really thinking about it. But I when you said emotionally safe, uh, that like I don't know what that means. Mm. Because I guess safety is physical. Yeah. That that's where what I imagine when I imagine feeling safe in my body, like am I connected to my emotions? Do I feel connected the thing to about myself, it is, basically? Growing up as a child, being emotionally unsafe was like the norm. Like my parents didn't- It's what kept you safe. They didn't hit me. They didn't physically abuse me. I never felt scared for my body. But when you are around alcoholics, they emotion, they mess with your emotions, especially as a kid, no matter what they do. Even if they don't, like my parents never called us names or said anything terribly bad. My mom manipulated us in ways that I don't think she really understood. But just them being drunk all the time messes with you emotionally. And you don't really think about it. You know, I didn't really, I never really thought about it because I never felt like I was going to get hurt. Like yeah. I never felt like something bad was going to happen to me physically. But things were messing with my emotions like all that was a normal feeling for me is to be like whoa like my emotions are all over the place like I'm going am I crazy am I a crazy person so that feeling I never thought about it as being like emotionally unsafe it just I just was like oh this is weird (laughs) (laughs) like whatever they're doing is messing with me and I don't know what it is because you're a kid you don't know what's going on right right you're just amplifying things and you only have that gate six in your solar plexus which is poking at people so it makes sense that's crazy I never really thought about that (laughs) so you're right I'm gonna maybe let go of thinking about it too much for a a little bit just to kind of let this idea breathe but like I never really separated safety out into like parts of interesting yeah I was like I'm safe I'm cool (laughs) no one is coming after me yeah I'm good like that's literally what she was talking I was like what are you talking about I'm safe like I'm safe right now like look at me I'm safe (laughs) (sighs) yeah weird okay cool that's where I go all right I'll stop dwelling on my safety but I'm safe guys (laughs) (laughs) but that's an interesting way to think about it because as you said, I'm caves, which is about safety and survival is very much about safety and alternating is first color too, right? It is first color. So I guess if we even think about that, it's like kind of safety in your food, which I know you don't do like the one at a time, but what she was also talking about how it's not always about food. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about determination here next. Well, I'm glad we just flowed right into it. So beautifully. Yes. Um, And I'm what's called appetite determination, 
alternating appetite specifically. Mm -hmm. And I always forget yours is I'm open taste. Open taste. Yeah. What's your, your transference is. It's the sound sound. Yeah. I was like, it's sound. Yeah. And then yours is touch like nervous touch, which we talked about that totally makes sense. But as you said, and I like that you brought this out determination when it's talked about almost, almost always talked about when it regards to food and eating like mm-hmm. 95% of the information you find about uh, determination is food related. When you think about food, especially in the United States, if you're not listening from the United States, good for you. Um, and it might not be the same. <laughs> and we visit. <laughs> yeah, it might not be quite the same, but food is such a complicated topic. And it's so wrapped up in our conditioning of life that to me, to, to just think about determination in terms of food is really going to, it might not give you clarity on what determination truly is in meat. It might mess you up a little bit, mm-hmm. depending on your relationship with, with food. Like maybe you have a tenuous relationship with food and this thing is saying, you know, for me, alternating appetite essentially means eating one thing at a time, but switching around keeping things really simple, high quality, like, like earth, close to the earth foods, like caveman eating essentially. Um, And what if you have a relationship with food where that freaks you out and you don't like that makes you not want to eat or something? I don't know. Yeah. That would, I, that's why when it comes to this particular variable, I'm like, Ooh, because I feel like so many people attribute it to the way you should eat food and how you should eat, when you should eat, where you should eat. And I don't think that there's really anything part of design that can tell you that on a consistent basis. There's ways it might help you, but. Well, it's like with everything, like we always say, experiment with it and see how you feel. Yeah. So that's how you'll get the information. I mix all my shit up when I eat. I'm a mixer. My husband is not. And I forget what his determination is, but he separate, he keeps everything very separate. Um, and that annoyed me when I first saw it. I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to eat potato, meat, green, and go back. Like, that just seems almost like OCD, like a weird. Yeah. Is he consecutive? Thing. Now I have to look. Um, is he consecutive? <laughs> um, I don't think he's appetite. No, you don't think no. so? I'm I know so we're curious. both we're both I caves. need to know now. <laughs> I know we're both caves and he's blended caves, which is why he has a much easier time with allowing people into our home. And I'm yeah. like, get the hell out of here because this is my fucking cave people. Um <laughs> but yeah, the food thing really threw me off. And so I just kind of threw it to the side and was like, well, I'll eat how I like to eat, which is true. Sometimes I'll catch myself like grazing in a way that's like this, then this, then this going back. And I'm like, oh, this is alternating appetite, but I don't try to do it. It just is what it is. Yeah. And the next day I mash all my food together. Um, but what is interesting is this also has to do with how you digest information because it's about how you digest stuff. That's what it has to do with food, but yeah. it also is the digestion of information. And this is where I connected to alternating appetite because And it's where it connected to the taste. Yeah. See, this is where there's some parts of design where you're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. But if you continue to look at it in a wider view, you might see, hey, 
as an alternating appetite person, it's better for me to be presented with information one at a time and for me to have the opportunity to go to, from one thing to another and go, oh, wait, I need to go back. And then now I need like to go around, not finish an article or feel like I'm done researching this thing before I could go over here and then come back. But to try to do it all at one time or have multiple sources of information in front of my face, like a video and some words, and then someone's talking to me like, ah, that's too much it's mm-hmm. an information overload. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when more than one person talks to me. I cannot, in like in real life, if there's someone talking to me and then another person just comes right up and starts talking to me, I, I have to be like, both of you stop talking. I, it like, jumbles my nerves and like really bothers me first of all it's rude like you're interrupting people and I hate that (laughs) but it's too much going on I need one source of information at a time then I'll go to you and then maybe I need to come back to you but Sean finds that funny because if I'm watching something on my phone or like reading something and he's trying to talk to me I'm like hey hold up (laughs) (laughs) I cannot focus on both of these things at the same time. So be quiet. Gotta finish reading first. Sean is, what's I looking at his determination? Uh-huh. He's nervous touch. Interesting. But we're the transferences of each other. And he's totally chill with sitting and eating and being. Interesting. He's good, He but he's good with like a lot of people. Like when he goes to the coffee shop, he does eat there sometimes, but not all the time. He likes it when there's a lot of people. He's good with like a lot going on and having like a lot of noise really kind of helps him. But yeah, he doesn't, when I do my weird, I can't sit down thing. He, so nervous touch from what you told me has to do with not being able to sit still kind of, right? Yeah, I see it as like nervous nervous energy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And as I was telling Rebecca before, I've always had, like this is the longest that I sit still for anything is podcasts or meetings on the computer where I have to be here. If I'm watching TV or even if I'm in a conversation with somebody, I will get up and like move myself somewhere else. Like even if it's two steps away, even if I shift my body to another place, like I can't, I have a real issue with sitting still. Um, and that's interesting that I'm nervous touch because that makes me think, oh my God, do I have to start sitting still? But that's not what it means. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have that fairly open route. So yeah. And the uh, 34. I, yeah. I used to have that too. Like I could not sit still for the life of me. And that's why I was a CrossFit coach and a basketball coach and a PE coach and doing all the things. And I would stand up. I could not sit in my cubicle for the life of me. I would go walk uh-huh. around the parking lot all the time. Uh, but now <laughs> now I've I've noticed I'm like I'm so much more chill like I do not have a problem <laughs> hanging out yeah and that's that's what I'll experiment with is I'll experiment with sitting still for longer and noticing how that feels but if I am like all over the place I'm not going to be like hey Janelle this is bad you're not allowed to do this right because you know what I just realized talking about this just now like when I'm sitting still it's because I am working on stuff in my business I'm like writing stuff a blog or a canva poster I'm researching or I'm doing some reading uh, like it's stuff that I'm really interested in mm-hmm. and so it's grabbed my focus and it's like oh wow I've actually sat still but before when I was doing stuff that I didn't really care about I just 
I thought I did or I was trying to figure out how to survive, then I I could not sit still. But yeah, I have to do this job so that I can have money, but I do a really crappy job at it because I'm not going to stay in my cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. See, this is, this is why I like looking at this kind of stuff because we're not saying all or nothing good or bad. We're just like Mm -hmm. noticing these things. And it is really interesting to me that Sean is the transference of a lot of mice. I mean, yeah, he's, he's desire where I'm innocence, which is a really interesting one that I do feel like I feel like when I want something and I'm like, this thing better fucking happen. And I get like (laughs) real bitter yeah like projector bitter I'm like oh this is projector bitterness and this is desire transference like loud and clear I feel yes. it I see it I know it <laughs> like, but to think it. about it in his way and to go like he's supposed to feel desire yeah and his transference is innocent so if he feels like he has no motivation or no outcome or connection that's a signpost that he should think about that's interesting to me because so innocence feels so like white and fluffy clouds, like you want to be there. And desire feels like, like in my head, I see innocence as heaven and desire as hell. Like I'm like fire, brimstone, desire, innocence is light, fluffy clouds, angels. And oh. I want to be up there. Yeah. And desire feels like, ah, it's on fire. Like, and that's where away. he's supposed to be. It's right. Like, and, but there's a lot of people who are like, yes, bring on the fire. Who cares about the fluffy clouds? Yes, and that's exactly. so weird. <laughs> and like, obviously I'm making, desire is not bad. Innocence is not good. Like, that's just how I play it. I'm literally seeing, what's that Disney movie with, there's like a guy in hell and he's got Emperor's New Groove, maybe? I don't know. Oh, maybe. They're Hades or whatever. There's a guy and I see him in my head. I don't even like Disney movies, but I actually see this character. Like, it's super <laughs> weird. That I'm seeing this character. That inner I think vision. it's Hades. I think there's a Hercules, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, so I'm yeah, I'm seeing this guy. And it's Sean. But he's not bad. He's like confident and like, like you said, yeah, desire. I want this thing. And that's how I see his desire. And I feel like I'm just like Tinkerbell, little fairy, like <laughs> but that's not. It's just the pictures, like you said, that my intervention puts right. on things. Yeah, yeah. And it's very funny to me. Because I don't want to think of desire as necessarily bad. Because I'm going to desire things. I'm a human fucking being. Um, but it's so weird that I do that. Like, it's one of the parts of my chart that I really exalt to, like, this is cooler than everybody else's. <laughs> is innocence. Because it feels happy yeah and nice and easy it is not easy (laughs) but like that's how I see it oh so interesting to think about and desire I'm like this one is we don't want this yeah but he does and that's very much how he I've told you this he'll do things without thinking about them but most of the time it's because he wants something He'll get yeah. something without thinking about it because he wants it real bad. And he's like, I want this thing. And he has to have it like, when he wants something, that's, he has to have it immediately, as fast as possible. You know, and my 2-4 generator ex-husband was the same way. Where, so I feel like that's a mix of that like 2-4 generator, like the sacred without this Have you run his like, expanded chart? Oh yeah, he has guilt, guilt oh. motivation. Okay, oh. interesting fact. My my whole birth family, my mom, dad, my brother, my ex-husband, and my oldest son all have guilt motivation. 
Interesting. Me and my younger son have fear motivation. So Your motivation was one of the ones that I was like, I think I'm this. <laughs> I have been surrounded by it. And that like looking at that made so much sense too. I'm like, this is why I had such a hard time soundboarding because I'm just trying to soundboard and everybody's trying to fix me. Like, yeah. and then I get pissed. I'm like, stop That's trying to fix motivation me. Motivation is right. Like they want to fix stuff. Right. Right. So they just hear me talking motivated like, by fixing. I'm just like talking because I'm trying to get my bearings, but they're hearing me complain or offer up a problem. And they're like, don't worry, I will save you. I'm like, back the fuck up. I don't need yeah. you. That seems like a very complicated motivation because obviously guilt is a big conditioner of everybody guilt Mm -hmm. some people have I am hugely conditioned by guilt I that was my whole life that's why I never did anything bad was because I was like if I do something bad I'm gonna get in trouble and these people are gonna look at me like you just did something bad and I would feel guilty because the adults would think I was bad yeah yeah oh I felt guilty for what my sister did I felt guilty for my parents being alcoholics like what did I do to make them be that way there has to be something that I can do to change it so guilt to me is so complicated to have that as your motivation would be like, yes. what? No, like I wouldn't, like, I would freak out a little bit because it's like, what in the world? it's one of those button push- pushers for me is guilt is like, but to like, for that to be a motivating factor is to fix the stuff. Like that's cool, but oh, that's heavy, man. Yeah. It feels light yeah. as a goddamn feather to me. I'm just going to talk about how much I love innocence because it's literally one of the only parts of my chart where I'm like, this is like flowers and hearts are beautiful. And all the other things are like, okay. Yeah. Um, this has been a really interesting conversation and I like- It has been. Thanks for exploring. 30 seconds before we recorded it. <laughs> I was talking to Sean earlier today. I'm like, so I have a podcast I'm recording. He's like, what do you guys- t- what's your what's your theme or he said something what, what are you talking about I was like oh. like pure innocence motivation <laughs> we don't really have a thing we come on and then we blab to each other for a little while and then yeah. we, we say what do you want to talk guidance. about yeah. and I had an idea if you didn't have an idea so now we have an idea for next time yeah yeah well in this variable thing like I've been super curious about it and then it just expanded even more since we talked to Vanessa Mm -hmm. and then with this mental projector mastermind idea coming up I really am curious like I have some theories about how the variables can help us soundboard and like maybe there that's something to help connect us to our inner authority so and a big piece of our interview with Vanessa was how variable can be presented independently of your chart of everything else that has to do with your design you can just know your four variable and and experiment and work within that mm-hmm. and gain so much about how to mechanically work through the day. Cause I think it's very helpful in like what you're doing, like mm-hmm. where, what position, what positions you put yourself in, what people you put yourself around, not how you make decisions per se, because it's not your strategy and authority, but um, it's, it really can clarify some things for you and maybe why you react certain ways to certain things. Exactly. Well, and I wonder about with like with our soundboarding, since it's like so nuanced and nobody really knows how to talk about it. I think about like when you're soundboarding, like you have inner vision. Uh-huh. So is there something about when you're soundboarding, like, is there some kind of movie happening and then you start to get clarity yes, within yes. your we mind? Yes, talked about my movie. 
Right. And so like <laughs> your, so your clarity, your inner knowing, like what happens in your sound learning process might, might be more about your inner vision and like stuff that happens with that. And anyway, so there's just a theory. And then I have this outer vision, like I've got to really see stuff to figure stuff out and yeah, see uh, it play out in the world, right? Like see it really out there. Yeah. And um, so I just, I just get really curious about this. Yeah. Because and other people have like taste and touch, right? This is cognition, right? Right. right. And how maybe that is how you process things. Maybe if your touch and you're, you have a particular blanket or like a crystal that you hold or something that the touch of it, the feel of it is like, oh, okay, I'm working. It kind of helps you process. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. I like that. Well, and like your smell, your smell plus the gate 44. And so there's probably like, there might be some kind of nose thing happening when you're. Yeah. We didn't even talk about like color and tone. Okay. So, yeah. so, so I this is just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would feel like this is one of a few episodes about variable. Yes. Because we talked about two. We could talk about two more, but underneath those four guys, there's other stuff. There's tone. And then there's face. I don't know anything about those except some random words. You'll say, like, why my tone, like one of my tones is smell, right? Is that's Mm -hmm. that's what we talk about. And I have a Mm -hmm. really weird thing about smell. So that was cool. But this is stuff that I really have not gotten into because it feels too far ahead of where I am but because of the way Vanessa presents presented it to us and when I started thinking about it I was like hey this is separate information it's cool where I am at like learning about my design and stuff this is still that but it can be presented separately and Mm -hmm. so you don't have to go through the complications of learning about your chart you should look at it and learn some stuff but absolutely but what if this is the thing that draws you in yes and this That's is the great. thing that is normally like, don't worry about those. Oh, don't ask me about the arrows. We're going to talk about channels and gates and profiles, strategy, authority, all that stuff you have to master first seven years. And then maybe if you're good, we'll talk to you about your variable. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, I yeah. love that it's now presented as, Hey, this is your variable. Blah, pow. This yeah. is your tones and your color. Ding, ding. Like now go find out what all that shit means. <laughs> and there's places to find it now, actually for free. Um, yeah, also, I'm working on stuff in my blog to get some information out. So. I love that. And I know that Vanessa talks about it. I think that- A lot, um, yeah. What's her face that does really good blogs talks about it too. Light lines. I think she talks about it a little bit too. She's talked about it some. She's amazing in how she communicates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's places- but the most important thing is to kind of see what it is and go, oh, well, how does this play out in my real life? If you see that your taste, to me, I think of taste as what does food taste like, but also having good taste in yes. clothes, design, all the things. So when you see the word or hear the word, what does it mean to you? And go that way. You're not wrong. It might not be something that you read from a reputable human design person. It might just be what you think. And that's cool. And if it's your experiment, then that's what matters. If it's helping yeah. you to live a better life, it's helping you to love yourself more. Yeah. Then do it. That's what I like about the variable is that the one word is kind of gives you something like environment, mm-hmm. caves. Okay. I can picture a cave. Taste. Okay. I know what that means. Sound. Like I can't really think of one that's not, that's like, what? What the hell is that? <laughs> right. So um, you can kind of, 
go your own way, but there's expansions on the word. It's not just literal caves or literal valleys. It's what does a cave feel like? What happens in the valley? Acoustics, yeah. bah, 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 bah. sound of music type shit. Connection. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> although I think that was on a mountain, but like, obviously there's valleys. You have to have a valley mm-hmm. to have mountains. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about all these things, I have a feeling, because they've piqued our interest. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And we really appreciate any sort of comments or questions that you have just listening to us because this is really fun. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it and you get something out of it. Maybe something sticks in your head like this safe thing for me for like a week and you're like, <laughs> like what is that what does that mean and it expands <laughs> your whole view on your design yes because that's what I really feel like the variable has done it's like oh this is a whole different idea oh. um so yeah I think that's it unless you have something else that you want to add it's all good thanks for chatting about it with me and exploring this idea yeah of course like I'm learning I learned so much and that was so cool that I was able to say before he came on I don't really know anything about this but let's go yeah before before human design I would have been like no I don't know what you're talking about I have to I have to know what you're talking about first I have to feel safe knowledge wise but then now that I know I have a quadrillion third lines and motivation innocence it's much easier for me to go into things like well, and it was funny too, because with all my one lines, I'm like, I literally said, it's not like I know that much about it. And you're like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, you would know what one line's about, <laughs> which is a, a plenty for a podcast episode. Yeah. And I'll throw some shit in there about yeah. my experience. And we'll be great. It's, it's hilarious when you're like, I don't really know that much. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> that one line. That is a lie. And that's one of the things I lead with when I meet people who have a first line. I'm like, yeah. whenever you're preparing for something, you're prepared for it already. Yeah. yeah. When you start, you're already ready. Just you, you know, the thing I tell one lines <laughs> that all the time too. So it cracks me up when I hear myself say it and I don't catch it. Until well, because it's, like, oh. it's the one line thing to what yeah. needs to need to, to have the information to want to be interested and to like, like to sit there and read the things and collect all the information. Well, and, and the- it's like, I can see the gaps of my knowledge. I'm like, well, here's these things that I don't know yet that I want to know. So in my mind, I'm very- like, but you speak on it intelligently, even if you have no idea about it. Like you're very like base layer. This is what this is. When I went to go get my yelling dog and I came back and you were talking, I'm like, she's explaining this way better than I explained it. And it's just your surface knowledge of anything is higher quality than most people's more than surface knowledge about anything. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Is your first line. <laughs> and you're right. I do tell first lines all the time. I'm like, you're pre- your preparedness it was baked in (laughs) it's in there already (laughs) you can learn about stuff if it's interesting to you and fun and you like it but if you feel like this pressure from fear maybe or from other stuff saying I have to know more before I'm allowed to speak on this thing you already can speak on it easily yeah go for for sure (laughs) Um, because you're okay this was fun thank you (laughs) thanks for listening guys we'll be back (laughs) <laughs> see you later love you all bye
Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate and review because that helps us help more people. Is there something you want to hear? Let us know. Your idea might be our next episode.